0: Here we go. It's Podaholics time. It's catching up. Sheena Wilson is back. This is part two of our podcast. And I'm kind of looking forward to this because we really got things sort of kicked off. Hey, by the way, we're in the podcast suite right here at the Rolf Hotel downtown in Dubai. And we're gonna have some fun because we're gonna be talking language and, speech and language. yeah, speech and language. You, you, I mean, you, you've set up your own center. The you're an occupational therapist. You've set up Wilson's Center for Child Development and Rehabilitation, right?
1: Don't like that word. But is yeah. that in there? I th- well, no, we're taking it out. Okay. The government insisted I have it, but I don't like it. It okay. Doesn't make sense. <laughs>
0: we went through and if, if you missed the first podcast dial back through the the catalog and you're gonna you're gonna catch up with the whole thing we talked about occupational therapy we we sort of talked about the field We're, what a wonderful show and we we kind of landed on language and and a whole bunch of child issues and we left off with we got to get back together and talk about that and yes. that is where we are right. <sighs> it was why the why did they want why did the the government want you to put rehabilitation in the title of the company
1: is there any logic <laughs> well rehabilitation doesn't make any sense cuz children haven't got a problem they're born if they and if they're not developing then it's called habilitation
0: ah, technically yeah yeah
1: you rehabilitate someone who was where you want them to be and then they've had an accident or injury and you rehabilitate them yeah. so it doesn't make sense but they now i initially it started out with children with disabilities and i said like, no that's not a good name but uh-huh. no you have uh-huh. to have it I was like, no, we and, don't. And that's kind of
0: a stigma. T- it gives yes. a real stigma, isn't oh, it? When you say, oh, I'll get my child rehabilitated. parents don't want to so, come to see no. us
1: because of the name of the. They're like, oh, we're not coming there. Yeah. And some families bring their kids, but don't tell the rest of the family. Don't tell the rest of the family we're coming here yeah. because of the name. Yeah. Like, really?
0: <laughs> so Let's just call it the Wilson Center. Well,
1: it's the child development. Yeah. Well, and I tell parents when they come here, we are a child development center.
0: So I want to let's back up for just a second because Sheena. The occupational therapist dealing with child development. Give us the so give me the paragraph sort of pitch on how this all comes about and how this came about for you.
1: Oh, I I was working in Southeast Asia and uh, came across Patricia Wilberger, who's kind of the royalty of sensory integration with Jean Ayers from Southern University Southern California, and she was in Singapore. She was going to be coming to Brunei, so I started um, studying sensory integration. And I found an old assessment from the University of Southern California in Brunei in a cupboard, covered in dust. And I just started from there. And then I went to the UK and I trained and then I went to the US. I'd train again because they wouldn't accept <laughs> the UK training. So I've done the UK training, the US training, and I've been doing training other students with the South Africans.
0: Are, 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 as an occupational therapist dealing with child development issues, mm-hmm. are you a rarity or is this
1: pretty common? Well, uh, no, I'm not a rarity. Um, There's many occupational therapists working with children and always have been paediatric Mm. occupational therapists, been there for many years. Um, I think what I do is different is I see the big picture. You go to see an occupational therapist and they'll just say, right, I'm going to do occupational therapy with the child. I manage a team of multidisciplinary health professionals. So I've got psychologists, behaviour therapists, speech therapists. I'm interested in nutrition, the whole immune system. So I I also have a background being in medical as well. So you're looking at the whole child
0: Mm.
1: and naturopathic medicine as well. So how can we help heal their immune system and their gut, things like that. I've worked in child psychiatry. So I see the whole picture. And so when parents come to me, I do a professional comprehensive consultation that doesn't just look at the fine motor and the gross motor, which would if you go to an (laughs) OT, that's maybe what you get. Fine motor, gross motor, Yes. So I look at the whole child from birth, to where they're at now and what are the concerns and the challenges. And we analyse that information with the parent and then a plan of action based on which professional should they see. Um, so it's not the parents making the decision, it's the professionals. Because a parent will call a centre and say, and this is important for what we're talking about today. My child's not speaking, so I want yeah. to see the speech therapist.
0: Yep, that, that's the direct route.
1: Yeah, so they'll go to the centre, they'll see the speech therapist, they'll have speech therapy but they totally missed the reason why the child has speech mm. and language delay. So it's
0: like taking a Panadol for a headache, but you're not Correct. figuring out why you're getting headaches. Yeah,
1: and it's not to say that you know there's excellent speech therapists and they will do a very good speech therapy. Uh, however, for also very good speech therapists, they know that working with an occupational therapist will actually get a better result mm. because we need to work together on understanding the mechanism of how speech and language develops.
0: So let's 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 dive right in this because this is in the research that i've been doing this Mm -hmm. is pretty common we've got children who are having language issues acquisition of language Mm -hmm. and and beyond express being expressive through language and and i you know fortunately i I didn't have to go down that route with my children but as i'm doing some research about it i'm i'm really surprised Mm -hmm. at the range of, of issues and the the number of children who find themselves on, if you want to call it a spectrum of of issues, it's yeah.
1: huge. And well, it, I, I think we're all on the human spectrum. Yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> and when we talk about <laughs> talk about issues with language, it seems to be as I'm reading about things, I'm thinking, okay, it's always been like this. Seems to me from the research, and there's some anecdotal stuff in there that. Things are evolving and changing, and with technology and other stimuli that are around us, mm. we're, we're finding more challenges.
1: Yes. I think, I think there's many more children presenting with challenges, but I don't think in some I mean, people are surprised. I, mean, I am from the south of Scotland, and I don't think services have changed much there in the last 50 years. Really? And that's quite sad.
0: That's pretty scary. Yes. Because I mean, the world has changed in the last 50 years.
1: My young brother needed speech therapy. Fifty years ago, and he didn't get any.
0: Mm.
1: And um, uh, there's a young three-year-old boy who actually happens to live in the same house we lived in. He's got no speech. At three, uh, yes, mm. and uh, he can get eight hours of speech uh, over two months, and then he has to go back on the waiting list. What is the point of that? So, so where does where, let, let's
0: let's go to the beginning here. Let's get mm-hmm. to a starting point, mm-hmm. and there's a couple things that I want to dive into. First of all. From your professional perspective, mm-hmm. you you've kind of painted the. It, it sounds a little bleak, actually, in mm-hmm. what's going on. So how what what's happening? So so what's happening in, in your perspective mm-hmm. with with language issues in in the core? But I want to then jump into. So what do we need to do? What are what are some of the things that parents need to be thinking about? Where are we going wrong? Uh, how can we mitigate this? And I, I, I mean, I really want to finish on providing hope here. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I, think,
1: I think what's important for me is that parents are not getting the right information. Mm-hmm. And when a parent's, you see, when a child has a, a speech issue or a behavior issue, it's tangible. Yeah. You can see it. Yeah. So obviously the parent says, I need speech therapy. <laughs> yeah. But they don't understand how speech and language develops. And neither do some professionals.
0: That's so that's. As, a, hold on a second. That's the scary part. Really?
1: Yes. So, for example, the first the first thing there's you see you've got speech and language. Speech is a mechanical mechanism. How do we physically make our face work mm. to produce sound? Yeah. How does that mechanism actually take place? So, when people talk about fine motor, the eye tracking is fine motor. Hands are fine motor. The mouth, control of the mouth, is a fine motor skill. And if you're struggling with fine motor of your hand, you're going to be struggling with fine motor at your mouth because your mouth is a muscle.
0: And, and so how do you get it to work? In a sense, parents are charged with all of these fine motor skills they teach. We, we kind of teach by accident, right? We kind of teach organically. It just kind of happens.
1: Well, can you see your own mouth, James? No, that's
0: the problem. I can't. So how do you
1: get that <laughs> mouth to work? Yeah. How do we as humans move our muscles by the ability to feel? Mm. If you can't feel your mouth How are you going to move the mouth to create sound right. So moving the mouth Is a movement planning sequence To create sound And if, you, if the child can't feel Then he can't create the sequence Then he has speech problems So if, you need, if I ask you to say P Is it the front of the mouth <coughs> Is it the back And Is it the top It's a movement plan so if that child can't plan the movements of the mouth, he can't produce speech because he can't feel through the skin or his proprioceptors in the jaw, he's got no awareness of how to plan the movement. Mm. So if a child has movement planning issues on the whole body, it's going to affect his speech. So when you go to speech therapist, they're not going to address that. Right. They're, they're going to be working on the speech and language development. We That's why a child who has speech delay needs to also see the occupational therapist.
0: Because uh, I mean, because it's
1: the physical development uh, of the body, so that needs to be developed.
0: So this is this is really interesting because I guess as a, as a parent who's who's, who's seeing your child, yeah. and it's it's what you've just said, it like a bell has gone off in my head because mm-hmm. I've got I've got some friends and I've been talking to them and, yeah. and they're talking about some challenges their children have yeah. with speech, yeah. and.
1: It's the tip of the iceberg. The
0: other things that they're saying, though, along the way, uh, they're talking about other things, which are exactly what you're talking about. They've got some motor movement, discoordination. Uh, yeah. They can't, can't
1: dress themselves or they can't ride their bikes. Yeah. It's all connected. So when you just when the child can't speak, that's what people can see. Mm. They don't see the bigger picture. Now, the first point of speech is can they hear? So any good speech therapist, and I've had great speech, I've worked with great speech therapists over the last 20 years, and... Um, the first thing would be to check their hearing. Because if their sound's not going in, they're not going to come out. Right. Deaf people can't speak. Mm. You ever met deaf people? They actually can't yeah, speak. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the ear is covered in skin. So if that skin is not working and they can't feel their mouth and the skin's not working on the ear, they're not going to process sound.
0: Does this happen quite a bit
1: with children? Is Absolutely, it's constant. Really? This is why I analyze. When the parents come to me for the consult, I get all the information and I start to analyze and I explain to them look, your child has got this, this, and this, and that's why he can't do this, this, and this.
0: Are they? Are they, they, not,
1: they, don't, they don't notice the. Like the mum said to me yesterday, he can't ride a bike. Yeah. I says, he's seven and he can't dress himself. He can't undress himself. Well, okay. Can't take his top off because he he's got. That's, no body that's a lot awareness. of, co- but
0: that's a lot of coordination when you but, think about but taking like. Awareness, off your, body awareness,
1: because yeah. he can't feel his body, mm. so therefore he's he's gonna. Um, is
0: it a physical thing? I mean, is that like sensory, a nerve sensory motor? Okay.
1: Our brain is eighty percent sensory neurons and twenty percent motor neurons. So the sensory mo- neurons take the information in from our sensory receptors, mm. which is our vision, our hearing, our smell, our taste, our touch and our vestibular system in the inner ear and our proprioceptors in our joints and if they are not processing information uh, optimally then the child is going to struggle to coordinate all the information together to then carry all the day-to-day skills they need to carry out but Mm. you have to get to the base to see what is not working so if the tactile processing, the skin the skin is the outside of your brain if it's not working you're going to struggle with speech production. Ah, okay. You're going to you struggle with phonics because you're not going to hear the sounds properly. It's like one teacher who um, actually cycles with me. <laughs> she, she said to me, Sheena, she's a learning support coordinator. She said, If a child can't learn phonics, why do we keep teaching him phonics?
0: That's a good question.
1: There's a reason.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's he's, it. He's
1: not processing the sound. So we yeah. need to look at his auditory processing. Yeah. Now, auditory processing requires good tactile skin. But, uh, mm. on the ear but it also requires integration of the two sides of the body which is the two hemispheres because this ear connects to this hemisphere and this ear connects to that hemisphere and so you're
0: pointing not, to your you know, right ear left yes, hemisphere left ear right hemisphere it,
1: exactly so the the right ear connects to the left brain and vice versa and what you need is that crossing over mm. of the brain and the body of the motor so that the sound will go with it. So do we do we have a sense
0: of why this for some children isn't happening?
1: Well, if you have a look at um people would like to say it's genetics, but it's not genetics. Genetics doesn't happen like this. I mean, if you look at the numbers, years ago it was one in one in 10,000. Now you're looking at one in 50. And well, even hold, prob- hold on,
0: hold on. We we went from one in 10,000 to yeah. one in 50?
1: Yes. Well, have a look at our environment.
0: Mm. Look
1: at their food, you know pharmacology mm. what you know parents when you go to the doctor it's all about medicines Give them, yeah. pharmacy pharmacy our food's being contaminated genetically modified look at it it's our environment it's, it's what's happening about our health within our environment that's
0: not it? a good dice roll I mean I'm, I'm still stuck on the one in 50 that's a terrible dice roll I mean that's
1: Well, <laughs> how many people do you talk to and their children have problems yeah, yeah it's, it's, it, it seems like every it, other it, person you can't you have, go past people and everybody's got a child who needs help yeah
0: because, Everyone's looking for learning support. Yeah, that becomes because, a big thing now in schools. Yeah. What kind of learning support do they have? And, yeah. um, and, and as you're talking about, and I'd be, it, it must be interesting when you're talking to this teacher mm. because he or she, well, you said she. She's gone through a whole learning process to become mm. a teacher. And just like with language support, it hasn't nece- our teaching hasn't necessarily kept up with the
1: change. Well, teachers don't, and, and this is interesting, I think they're starting to do that now, but when I, I've been going around for 20 years giving workshops to teachers and they look at me like, we've never been taught any of this. We've <laughs> never been told how the brain learns. Yeah. And, and I mean, I've, I've been saying for 20 years, why are the neuroscientists and the teachers not talking to each other? Yeah. Because it's the brain and teaching. And we as humans learn, teachers teach, but the human learns or the child learns. And for years I've been going to a conference in Abu Dhabi Um, on neuroscience and the neuroscientists are doing all this research on learning and then then they'll have a panel at the end and they'll say why aren't the teachers doing what we're researching and I keep putting my (laughs) hand up and saying it's not the teachers it's the policy makers you need to talk to you know yeah so so yeah it's really understanding the mechanism of the brain and what what I I really want to talk to the point I really want to focus today on on James if you don't mind is we're we're in Dubai. We're in a multicultural city. There's so much opportunity for a child to learn multiple languages. Mm. It's awesome. And our brain is wired to be multilingual. We can learn. Zero to four years old is the optimum time for your child to learn many languages. So if you want your child to be bilingual, trilingual, start talking to them when they're in the womb, even when mm. they're babies. But what's important is you need, whoever's talking to them in that language, they need to be fluent okay. in that language. And they need to have a, a good mother tongue, you know. So the child has to have a, have a, if the person talking to them doesn't speak good English, then they're not the person to be talking to them in English.
0: All right, so You yeah, need so.
1: a good, solid mother tongue. Mm. And quite often in this city, you've got multiple cultures. So you might have a Turkish man married a Filipino woman you might, you know, so there's a Moroccan woman married to a Turkish woman, a Turkish husband. I'm trying to think of the parents that come to see me. Many families are, are coming from different countries. And unfortunately- And so no
0: one's got English as a first language. You know yeah. the Turk. The Turk is speaking Turkish. Yes, the Moroccan. The Moroccan, f- the f- and, the Moroccan Arabic, yeah. and and, Tagalog and yeah. Turkish, yeah, and the, the you know the folk who the folks who are speaking Tagalog. Yeah. Hey, they, they speak ta- Tagalog yeah. really well, but yeah. and they speak English well, but that's not their first
1: language. Now it's really important for you know if you want your child to be bilingual is. One person should be talking to them in one language, and one, whichever that's the command of their language, they should. So, if you've got a Swedish mother and an Arab father, well, the Arab father should be taught in Arabic and the mother Swedish, and then the, the third language would be English as a common language. All right. But, you know, for them to have awareness of their, their family's culture, to go home and talk to all the people in that country, language is embedded in our culture. You can't mm. separate. And what, what stresses me is often when I'm in Sharjah, uh, I'll get an Arab Emirati family coming to see me and they'll put the main language English. And I'm like, Excuse me?
0: <laughs>
1: English? You're Arabs. What's this? They say, Oh, uh, we were told that because my child's got speech delay, we should only talk to him in English. I said, eh, No. <laughs> you need to talk to him in both languages. Whoever's deciding, you know, because they get it when they go to... They get English at school. They get yeah. English on the TV, on the social media. You need Arabic. You are Arabs. You have to know your mother tongue. Your children should know their mother tongue. Because it's, it's vital for yeah. them to be part of society, part of their culture. And, you know, I had a, I had a, a mother years ago who... her child was in my school. And she said to me, "Shina, all your, your speech therapists only speak English. How is he going to learn Arabic? I said, we're not language teachers we're therapists mm. it's the mechanism of how the brain learns language is what we are working on so we'll do the ot we'll do the speech in, in english and she came in about two months later maybe and she says to me oh, i can't believe it she says he's getting therapy in english but his arabic's getting better <laughs> i said yes because it's the mechanism of learning developing language yeah. that's vital and i mean i've had you know Parents who are Arabic, they don't want to come to us because they, oh, they just speak English. Yeah. And I had a father once came because he was looking for a ba- the service he was getting. He felt wasn't the child wasn't making progress. So he came in to us and he said, don't you have anybody who speaks Arabic? I said, come and, spot, come and talk to me. And I showed him, it's not about whether we talk to you in English or Urdu or, or Arabic. We are developing the mechanism for your child to learn whatever language you need to talk to them in. Mm. Because it's how does the ear hear? So it's, how it's, does the brain process the sound? Yeah. How does the mouth create the language planning? You see, if a child has movement planning issues, they will have language planning issues. It's,
0: I find it really interesting that where we associate how we're learning the language with the language as opposed to, as you're saying, a mechanism mm. that works for yes. every language. Yes. It's the same mechanism, yes. just a different language.
1: Yes. So we're not language teachers. We're helping to develop the body and the brain yeah. to be able to use to develop speech and language. So it's that receptive information coming in through the auditory system which needs good physical bilateral integration of the body. It needs good tactile processing and proprioceptive awareness for that information to, to develop, for the body to develop, for to be able to operate the mouth, to, to create the sound in sequence, to create words, to create sentences. Mm. And the highest form of language expression is handwriting.
0: W- at what age do children tend to come to you And there's a reason I'm asking this. I mean, Uh well, I'd
1: love them to come as early as possible.
0: So, but I'm so I'm thinking that probably doesn't happen by the time someone's knocking on your door.
1: They should have come a long time ago. Yeah. So,
0: so are we talking around seven, eight years old?
1: Oh my grief no. Older? Younger. Okay. Oh no, when they come to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, there was a mother. There's a couple of parents have come to me this week with children under two, and I've congratulated. That's pretty good. I said, my, oh, my brook, my brook.
0: <laughs>
1: You know, if you're not sure, if you're not sure if your child has an issue, it doesn't matter. Come and check.
0: Come the earlier, the because better. Because you're
1: not going to do any harm. We're yeah. we're gonna we're gonna check your child. We're gonna see how they're doing. We'll give you we if we feel he doesn't need therapy, we'll give you advice on how you as a parent can play, talk to your child because. Yeah. Parents don't know how to, and and every, you know, I had a father put his head in his hands because I kind of sometimes hit the nail in the head. Sometimes I say to them, you know,
0: you're pretty blunt. Like no, you, no, you, I, didn't, I mean, I didn't, no, but but I, in a, in a good way. Yeah, like you, yeah. you're not sugarcoating things. No, no. You're you're talking about it, yes. and you're not trying to be hurtful. You're just no, but, being honest.
1: No, what I say to them, I'll give them examples. I'll say. Hmm. Don't go to your child. What's this? What's this? What's this? Or we call it how the shoe harder shoe, shoe in Arabic. <laughs> and he went. That's what we do. And yeah. I said, "Yep, I know. That's what all parents yeah. do. You test your children. Yeah. You want to see if they know things, but you need to give them the. You need to fill up their brain with the information. And I always tell the story of a little boy called Yusuf, and his parents had come to see me. We were sitting in a nursery. He was three. And uh, I'd given the workshop to the parents and to explain how to play with your child and how to Mm. talk to your child to develop their language. (laughs) And uh,
0: hold on, you have a whole workshop for this?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, Hmm. I do lots of workshops for parents on 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 how to play with your children to to help
0: develop their language.
1: Yeah, but just how people don't know how to play with their parents don't know how to play with their children. They test them. They sit there with a book and they go, "How (laughs) this? What's this? What's this?" So, what does the child learn? The words? What's this? Yeah. You know, so the wee boy was, I'd been explaining to parents, you don't use the word no and don't use the word don't because the brain doesn't understand those words. Mm. So if you say, don't throw the toys at the TV, I said to the mother, remove the word don't, throw the toys at the TV. So you're telling them to throw the toys at the TV. <laughs> but uh, that's, a, that's a behavioral, it's NLP, it's neuro linguistic programming. But, you know, it's like if I say to you, don't eat chocolate, James. I mean, you like, what? Chocolate <laughs> goes into your brain. Yeah. You know? Because the word don't has got no, no meaning. But, but what I was talking about is the wee boy, um, I'd given the, uh, a workshop to the parents and they'd asked if they could see me afterwards. So yeah, I was sitting with them and the wee boy was playing in front of us. And the father, the father said to him, he held up a brick and he said to him, what colour this? And the child looked at him like, oh. he, he just rolled his eyes and carried on playing. Because like, <laughs> that child needs to survive and yeah. he needs his father to approve of him. So if he gets that wrong... Yeah. You can't risk that. Right. So he ignores him. He avoids oh, him. Yeah? Okay. So then I, s- I looked at the father thinking, Haven't you learned anything from my <laughs> workshop? So I said, Look, this is what <laughs> to do. I picked up the brick and I said, Yusuf, here's an orange brick. And Yusuf went, Orange. And he jumped up and down, Orange, Orange, Orange. And I said to the father, Which method do you think helped him learn orange? <laughs> I gave him the word. Yeah. And he played with it. Yeah. You know? You you don't test children, you, you give them the narratives. Children need thousands of words to go into their brain before they'll produce them. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not putting judgment, not demand making demands, not testing them, not putting them under pressure. It's more about facilitating them, yeah. being there to just be a, a, a sounding board.
0: Our yeah. our whole education system, the whole acculturation system that we have, and I'm talking globally—you know—take mm. Scotland, take Canada, take the UAE—is mm. all based on testing. Yeah. We're constantly being tested, tested. and mm. and and it develops this, mm. as, as you're talking about from mm. this early age, develops yeah. this fear, yeah. a fear of failure, fear of mistake, fear of not getting—you know—being gratified mm. for. Trying.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I have it. This might be slightly off top, but I think it's really important. I had a mum yesterday who's a teacher herself, mm. and her seven-year, seven and a half-year-old son has learning difficulties. And of course, along comes the, I feel stupid. I'm dumb. I can't do what my friends are doing. Mm. This wee boy is probably one of the wisest children <laughs> I've heard his age. Good to really? know. Really. Do you know what his mother said to me? She, she, said, she said, I went and got a cognitive test because I said to her, I need to test him. I need to test his body. She got got to test us, but that's cognitive. And I said, but that's going to tell you what you know already, right? He's got yeah. problems. Yeah. I said, but I need to test his standing balance. His, is his reflexes integrated? His yeah. visual perception? How is he able to function? I need to see, is he physically able mm. to do the, the skills? and um, Did
0: a light go on in her head when you said that?
1: Well, she actually said to me, when they handed me the test, she said, but I already know this. <laughs> I said, yeah, that's the point. But what she said was, my son said, and this is really valuable. I need to remember this. He said, Mom, please, can you not be my teacher? I want you to be my mother.
0: Yeah, that's a tough one, isn't and it? And there's
1: a seven and a half year old yeah. who's got the wisdom to see that he needs his mother to love him <sighs> unconditionally. And, and he needs that love because he's, he's really in a tough environment where he can't mm. cope. So he's feeling bad about himself. Yeah. So imagine his mother comes along and, the te- and be the teacher where he can't do what she's asking. Yeah. Therefore his, his survival, his need to, to keep his sense of self, his self-esteem, is going to be eroded because he, his mother is in the role of the woman who's going to see he can't do things. Mm. So the, the, the wisdom of that little boy to say, I need you to be my mom.
0: Because
1: yeah. we often give parents this advice. That's yeah. a hard
0: one though. It's a hard one as yeah. parents because your, your child is going to go to school, is going to go to the play group, yeah. is going to connect with friends and those other parents are going to be looking at it. I mean, kids don't judge each other. That's mm-hmm. the craziest thing, but the parents start to, mm-hmm. and then there seems to be this magic cutoff age yeah. where suddenly kids become so self-aware yeah. and yeah. by then it could be too late.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. So, so I mean, speech and, and language, and this is, is important where, it's great for children to have multiple languages. It actually helps develop the brain. So I,
0: I want to double back for a sec. Mm. So you, you had the lady who came with the two-year-old and, 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 or the family that came mm-hmm. with the two-year-old. Mm-hmm. Typical age, though, is, is a little bit older that people are coming once they've... Stu- you know. So I'm thinking five... Nine
1: years. Th- nine years. Mm. Teenagers. So, I get teenagers walking in the door.
0: So by the time you get a nine or a teenager mm. walks in the door... It's tough.
1: Because you're dealing with lots of emotional, behavioral self-esteem issues. It's been... Uh, rein- failure.
0: Yeah, and, and the, the, the mm-hmm. behaviors have been reinforced. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so yeah. how do you start dealing with... So what are the strategies that you start to put in place for those folks who've mm-hmm. who've got all the baggage that they're bringing with them, these, these kids?
1: Well, we do. I do the professional consultation, and I just get an analysis of, what, of what's their underlying neurophysiology.
0: Are, are they are they easy to you know to those kids when you sit down? When you 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 sit down with the parents first, actually, mm-hmm. yes. is how long does it take for the parents to sort of open up and become honest as opposed to... And I, I don't mean that they're not honest, but every... I mean, I'm a parent Sometimes
1: and they don't understand the, the information I'm asking. Them. Why are you asking that information? Yeah. What's that relevant to my child's learning? Because I,
0: I yeah. sometimes get the impression, I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, that in that scenario, the parents have gone... You know, if they've got a nine-year-old who's having language issues... Yeah. In inside they're going, it's gotta be somehow our fault. We've done something wrong. We haven't been successful as in parenting and you're now asking questions and, and they're Well I they don't say want this
1: to parents. I, I I'd say to them, Listen, we're experts because this is what we've been doing. We're mm. professionals in this. You haven't been given a manual. We do parent training. I think parents that's come to us for training and we we explain from different factors to explain to understand why the child has a problem, yeah. how to manage it how to protect his self-esteem. So it's quite multifactorial in terms of, and, and I start by saying to the parents, you know, don't beat yourself up. You weren't handed a manual, and you know we only know this because we've studied it. Yeah, you know. So I, I've made a lot of mistakes with my to my children growing up. Looking back, thinking, "Oh, well, <laughs> 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 I wish, that, wish I had, had the training course. course." Before, <laughs> 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 you know, but it's a work in progress. You know. So so yeah. So we so we we have parents, and it's just putting their mind at rest that, that we're here to help them, and and we'll, well we're working as a team. And I mm-hmm. I make this really clear that we are a team. Hmm. And we have to support them with the skills that we're using at the centre that they can then use at home because it has to be that way, otherwise you won't get progress.
0: When, once you've done the consultation, you walk through it with the parents, you've, you've given them an idea, okay, what we've, what we've got to do hmm. when we move forward, yeah. what, what's that first, what, I mean, there must be some common things that you see as yeah, you start yeah. moving forward. We're it's it, a science. I mean, mm.
1: once I can start to see the child has this, this, and this, I can connect the dots, mm. and I know what's going on with the child. So, like you know, the but every child's
0: world. difference, which makes it makes must make it pretty interesting. Yes or and, varying yes degrees. No, we're
1: all we're all human. We've yeah. all got two arms and two legs. You know, <laughs> so we've all we've all got various scenarios. We've got our own profile, but there is there is a science. Mm. You know, so if you can't coordinate both sides of your body, if you can't balance on one leg, you're not reading. If you can't stand... Well, what, well, if I
0: can't stand on one leg, I'm not reading?
1: If you can't stand on one leg for 10 seconds, yeah. you won't be able to read.
0: Okay, what's the connection there? Is that eye, eye, eye coordination to... No, phone.
1: it's the two sides of the brain. All right. Because you have two, two hemispheres. Right yeah, and left. Yeah. On the right hemisphere you is your visual hemisphere. So you see the symbols, uh-huh. ABC. Yeah. On your left hemisphere, you hear the sound ah, represented okay. by the symbol. Yeah. Now, if these two centers are not connecting, yeah. then... How are you also going to track with your eyes across a line? Gotcha. Uh, There are seven different visual perceptual skills you need to read, um, which also come from the skin as well, but it also needs eye tracking. Some children can't track across the midline because you're on either side. So when you ask them to track, they stop and they start again. It's like the the two hemispheres are not communicating, which means the two sides of the body are not communicating. So when you stand on one leg, you fall over. Right. So it's. It's little things like that that people go. What does that mean?
0: <laughs>
1: it's understanding the brain development. Right. So it's it it's easy for me when I have been doing this for many years. So as soon as I start to get a few symptoms, I can start to work out what's going on, and that's the science. Because people used to walk out of my consults and say to the the coordinator, "How does she know my child and she's never seen him?" Yeah. Well, because it's a, it, it's how our brain works. Mm. You know, that's the science. The art is how we do the therapy, but the science is understanding the child's challenges and and that's why my consultation form asks lots of questions like parents say why do you want to know if they don't like their haircut what's that got to do with it yeah what does that have to do with it well getting your haircuts all about it's that sensory it's like one father said it was like cutting his nerve end and he was screaming so it's it's that that
0: was my brother my brother when he was young the barbers always said that the fastest haircut they ever did they a complete haircut (laughs) literally about 30 (laughs) seconds two guys Scissors, I always say comb, to parents, done.
1: I'm gonna sit outside a child hairdresser with my business card and see anybody screaming in there, send them this way. And it's it can be two things. It can be tactile sensitivity and it can be sound sensitivity. Mm. Because if you're using a machine, some yeah. kids can't tolerate the sound yeah. and some children can't tolerate the touch. So it's your tactile and your auditory. Now your tactile, auditory, and your olfactory, your smell work together. Mm. So if a child's auditory sensitive, they'll be tactile sensitive. If they're auditory inattentive, they won't be able to feel anything, you know. It, it's there's a connection between yeah. them all, so that's why I can analyze uh, what's happening, uh, what's going on there. So you can see, but. You know, talking about what age do, do children come? I'd love them all to come as soon as parents think something's not quite right, because parents know.
0: Yeah, and they know they know very early on. It's like, oh, it'll it'll they'll grow out of yeah. it, right? Isn't that what we always say? Yes. Oh, they'll grow out of it once no. they go to school. No. They, when, grow in, they, <laughs> they
1: grow into it, you know. It, it doesn't change. They they adapt. They try to they try to make it work. But what's wrong with if you've got a car and an engine and it's not tuned? What's wrong with taking it to the garage to get it tuned? Yeah, are the garage tuners. Cartoon engines, you know Mm. Come and we'll tune the brain You know, as soon as possible Because you don't want to develop these social emotional problems That faced And, you know, I I saw a nine-year-old And I always wanted to keep that file in my head Because here was this nine-year-old Who could have been seen when he was three or four And he wouldn't be having these problems And, you know, he was getting bullied His self-esteem was low He said to his mum, I'm dumb, I'm stupid Oh. All the emotions that go with that, and then the social isolation and getting bullied in school, yeah. and it's heartbreaking, you know. And I mean, I've I've got parents coming with teenagers, and it's not that the teenager the, the parents haven't gone to look for the right help; they haven't got they haven't found the right help, right? And the, but there are, you know, there there was a nursery that uh, called me up just before lockdown sort of time, and she said, She know, I've got three children who are about three, two, three, four year old. They need help," and the parents were all in denial. All three of them well,
0: that's another That's another issue right So yeah. Signs are there That you can see them In the parent And like I said It's like no, no not my child
1: Yeah no that No he's fine He just No that's that, We were like that When we were young No it's okay yeah. You know And so they said Can you come and look At the children I was, Okay I'll come And I'll see you I did talk to the parents But we can't We're professionals yeah. we, We're not salespeople, Right If you need Help, we're here, we're here, we can't go out and say, Would you like our services? But the nursery manager was getting frustrated because the children were causing trouble and mm-hmm. she could also see the children weren't developing. Yeah. I wanted to take these three mothers to meet my teenage mothers and say, Do you want to be here? Or do you want to get it fixed when they're three and four? Yeah. Because when you fix it, when the three, it's so much easier in a therapy it's easier room. and quicker? It's easier to pick up a four-year-old and put him on a swing than it is a 14-year-old, believe me. To, tell me. So tell me
0: a little bit about how you reprogram the brain or how you help the brain to, to make these connections left and right.
1: Well, we do sensory integration therapy which is a, a form of play activities to develop the vestibular, the proprioceptive and the tactile system. So as far as a child's concerned, it's a playroom. We have swings mm-hmm. suspended from the ceiling. We have scooter boards and ramps. We have trampolines. Sounds fun. Marks. Oh, it is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> fun equals brain development. If a child's not having fun, their brain's not developing. Because fun produces norepinephrine. And norepinephrine helps to increase the connections. Okay. Cortisone Pushes the connections away. So it's not just fun's not just a feel good factor, it develops the brain. So when a child is having fun, they're developing. Sounds so that's like important.
0: That sounds like a key thing with just education in general. Make Should education fun, fun. <laughs> they're going to connect, they're going to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, make it all about tests and yeah, all about assessments. And yeah.
1: So we were here to talk about language. Yeah, And you know, the, the important thing for me is parents who've been giving. Advice by professionals to only talk to their child in English, mm. but if they are not fluent in English, that's not ideal. And if it's not their mother tongue, um, maybe one parent is good at English, but they still need their mother tongue. And if yeah. their mother tongue is Arabic, for example, they there has they have to be talked in Arabic. And parents will say, "Oh, I need to teach them." No, no, you don't teach language. You just talk, yeah. read them stories, sing them songs. You know. Just talk to them naturally. And I also say to parents, I'll say, oh, but I talk to them in Arabic and they talk back to me in English. It doesn't matter.
0: Are they giving you the right answers it, in English? It, it has to <laughs> yeah. As long as that
1: sound is going into the brain, yeah. the brain is registering the phonemes of each language. You know, it's, it's vital um, for them to, do, to just keep talking to them in Arabic. So the child, because the brain does a pruning. At age four, the brain prunes and we don't need these areas of the brain for the extra languages. Mm. And the next So it time turns them off. Yes. So that's why it's vital to start before they're four. So children in nursery should be doing different languages. That's why some nurses you'll see are now producing three languages like English, French, Arabic, yeah. which is brilliant. For, throw the pencils out because you know you have them in nursery with pencils. Yeah. Pencils should be when they're seven. <laughs> okay. Languages, when they're three, mm. two, three years old in the nursery listen, listening languages and the brain has another pruning at age 12 and that's when the brain says we don't do languages anymore but for us in the uk that was when they introduced french
0: yeah yeah
1: that's why i say why are the neuroscientists and the educationists not talking to each other because the brain stops learning languages at age 12 and the education systems give us languages at age 12
0: yeah. <laughs> And good it's not I mean, very clever, right? Not, not that you can't learn languages after that, but it's, it's a lot harder.
1: harder. <laughs> yes. you, know, you, get, you get children who go out to play in this country, and they come back in, and they're coming in with a different language. And they're going, "Who hey, yeah. did you get that? Oh, my friend." Yeah. Yeah. And it's like a sponge, yeah. you know. And there was a wee boy once; their parents were listening to him talking, and it sounded like gibberish. So they thought, "What is he talking?" And then they went, they were at a restaurant and the waiter started talking to the child and, they were coming at the, and the parents were looking, going, what? This <laughs> says, no, he's using Spanish. <laughs> Where did he get Spanish? He'd watched it on YouTube. Because <laughs> children are like sponges. Yeah. You know, because I remember when I was younger, my friend's uh, big sister would come home from school High school with the French and we'd be sitting there going, give us, give us the French. Yeah. <laughs> so we were learning stuff like Frère Jacques and how to, we could count to 10 in French when we were in primary school because we were sponges. Mm. But by the time we got to high school, nah, 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 brain's gone. <laughs> Shop shut. <laughs> so yeah, before the age of 12. And children, even if they have a, a learning difficulty, can learn several languages. It's, it's, so that's,
0: a, that's important because often when we talk learning difficulties, we kind of think, oh,
1: It's important. It's Mm. important that, and it's important that
0: it's all all about exposure. Keep the exposure up and keep keep, just keep doing it. Yes, and make it fun. But
1: it's important to keep them separate.
0: Oh, hold on a second. What what do you mean, keep it separate?
1: Yes. Well, if you're talking English, only English. If you're talking Chinese, only Chinese. Don't mix them. I I worked in, I worked in Southeast Asia. So you can't mix the language Because the children then get confused I, I was learning I was fluent in Malay when I, when I lived in Brunei And my colleagues spoke English, Malay and Chinese So uh-huh. I was listening to all this in the office
0: And they were mixing it all together
1: uh, So I went upstairs in the hospital And I spoke to some patients And they were looking at me And I was like What's wrong? Is my Malay not good enough? And they said know, that's not Malay You're talking and I was like Okay Back to the office Girls What are these words? They're Chinese Well how would I know? So, I understand that children don't know what the different words are. So, that's why we as adults have to help tra- di- you know, direct the traffic. This right. is English, this is Arabic. Uh, don't mix them.
0: So, while you're saying have one parent speak in Chinese, one per- parent speak in yeah. French, yep. one pe- sp- parent, you know, well, or, or what it's Arabic. At times. You can yeah. have
1: the whole family say, right, we're all going to talk French now. Uh-huh. We're at the table for dinner. Everybody's talking French. It, it, you can't mix it because you, you get in Singapore, you get English. Right. You know, they get a mixture. So that's why it's important for children growing up to learn the languages, to keep them separate.
0: And w- w- once they hit, you know, 12, 13, 14, once the, prune, the, the second pruning happens, how does how does this language help in their
1: development? Well, the studies, research has shown that there, there there's more intellectual ability, cognitive ability, probably more than like 1 or 2%. Of the brain And I mean just think about uh, It's awesome to be able to To know more than one language mm-hmm. and, and, and to process that and, and to learn about different cultures Through the language Because yeah. you can't do Literal translations sometimes Because it is related to culture
0: so, Which becomes really interesting
1: Ah it's fascinating I, I loved learning languages It's great <laughs> I didn't know I had an aptitude Until I went to Brunei It was like I learnt French at school But it was all about We, we had to read and translate Yeah and that I can read French, but don't ask me to speak. <laughs> you know. But I went to Brunei, and then I was learning. I just sat in the office, and it was all flying around me, and I just started to see the s- separate the words from the sounds, right? And then started to make the different. And I, I never had formal, um, any formal lessons. I just picked it up, and it was mostly related to my work, of course. Mm. And I translated stuff into Malay mm. and I did assessments. Um, okay, wh-
0: now, did did you apply this with your own children?
1: I'm really disappointed to say that uh, we've been living here in the UAE yeah. and they learnt, the most Arabic they learnt were from the taxi drivers. Yeah, yeah we've the seen They had, they had uh, I mean, they grew up with lots of Arabic. And I mean, I complained to the KHDA. I said, I was sitting in the KHDA talking to some people in the KHDA and I said, I'm really disappointed my kids can't speak Arabic. Because they've grown up here and they've had it in school. I mean, mm. Stuart has seven lessons a week, yeah. you know, of Arabic. And they said, Sheena, we're Arabs and we're not happy. Right. <laughs> I was like, okay. So it's, it's like...
0: And it's yeah. that whole problem, right? It's, it's going into the Arabic class or, or any language class, mm-hmm. even at school, and it's all in. And yeah. that becomes a challenge,
1: right? The thing is, how do you teach language? Yeah, yeah. And this is this is. is it fun? Not everybody's good at it, you know. <laughs> yeah. And you need to find. And I've been told um, there's a place in. Uh, somebody said that you can go and learn Arabic because I'm. I really want to. I'm. I'm ashamed to say I've been here so many years. I was fluent in Malay, but I'm not fluent in Arabic. I I know a little bit of Arabic, but I'd love to be. I'm both me and, and my oldest son are like right. We're going to learn Arabic. And there's a place in um, Knowledge Village apparently that's really good. Mm. At understanding how the brain develops language And that's what you have to find Because the thing about getting taught in, in the schools They were getting taught how to read the Arabic Yeah But that's not language development in the brain Did you learn to read English when you were born? No No, somebody spoke to you in English So the brain started to hear the sounds So you need to start hearing the sounds So look at the mechanism How do we as humans learn language? First we have to hear the sounds mm then we see the symbols related to the sounds you know and and it's understanding then how you la- put the language in order in sequence yeah. and memorize the different words hear the recognize the different sounds um and then put it then start start to use it in context and to make sense when something makes sense more likely to remember it
0: so as a child's going through this process and and you're you're talking to parents and you're you're trying to give them sort of the, the instruction guide on on how to just make it a little easier for yeah. them what what are some of those strategies that if, if we're to you know break it right down what are some of those strategies that we can use that really do make those connections better I mean you've already and I'm almost asking you to repeat it you've, yeah. you've kind of gone through this but I just want to you know as, as As folks are listening, they're kind of going okay we've, we've we've covered a lot of ground, we've gone to a lot of places. Okay, so what should I be doing and then inevitably you you hit a point where okay, I've got a little bit of a roadblock here. How do I bridge that use, challenge?
1: Use the language yeah. talk to your child in the language you want them to speak hmm. you know, and like I said, the Arabic is harder. Pronounce than some English words, so some children will find it easier to yeah. pronounce English because of the, they don't need that guttural sound right. for the Arabic, but they that's why I tell parents persevere, just keep talking to them in Arabic, mm. not teach them, play with them, talk yeah. to them, sing with them, read stories to them, immerse them. It's immersion, mm. you know. If you go to a country and you're immersed, like I was sitting there with everybody, to, my brain eventually absorbs it, yeah. you know, because I'm hearing it, and then I start to hear the different words and then I start to make the connections and then I I'm in that situation all the day so it's repetition it sounds, it sounds so obvious Sheena <laughs> it's common sense, it is, common it, sense. Uh, it's not as common as people think it is yeah
0: <laughs> I mean that's the thing I mean it, it, you know hey what's my and first time you gotta language? make it fun yeah I mean I i is that the key had, do you think people just in and even at school when you when it's you gotta talk? have context yeah
1: and and in play and in what you're doing so set up role play set up a shop and and do that use the language what would you ask? Go in and say, how much is this, like nicodar, and and you know sort of what's the name of all the the fruits and the things you want to buy. Yeah. You're making a role play. You know, make it real, make it mm. fun, and mm. and that that's what a good way to teach. I mean, I've always had this. Dream. I've got a therapy centers, but I always had this dream to set up a a, a nursery. Where they would have different languages at different times of the day. You know, you could have English and Arabic, or, and you can add French, for example. So the children would be exposed to that when they were small, yeah. from when they're babies. So they they develop the language through play, and it's not about sitting down and teaching them. It's just mm. using it while you're playing. So the Arabic teacher would just play with the children yeah. and use all the Arabic words while she's playing. What, when
0: from your experience when. Does that child sort out the languages? Because as you said, there can come a point where, you know, they're speaking English and then they've got some Arabic and they might be speaking English and then the next sentence they might speak Arabic and the next sentence they might speak Malay. And
1: yeah, yeah. I've got well, I've actually got, a, I've, I've got an interesting story. I've got a really lovely family that were my friends. Magali was French and Juhas from Finland. And her second son, Ioannis, she won't mind me saying this, Ioannis, when he was about three, she called me and she said, Sheena, he's not talking. What am I going to do? What's wrong with him? And she knows, of course, I work with children. So she came to me and asked for my advice. I said, okay, I'll come over. So I just went through the whole scenario. I got his whole history, developmental history. His How's he eating? He's sleeping. How is he playing? How is he interacting? He was exposed. His father's from Finland. His mother's French. He's going to school in nursery in English and also gets Arabic. So he was exposed <laughs> to four Languages. Pretty darn impressive And he's a boy Boys are almost a bit slower oh, than okay. girls Because they have less language centres than, than uh, girls And I checked everything And I said, Magli, everything is fine I said, he has four glasses to fill Imagine you have four, four tanks mm. He's got four tanks to fill up Because understand that until you It's like 500,000 words have to go in there Before a child will utter a word Five hundred thousand. Yes, it's it's lots of words have to go in. That's extraordinary. Yeah, it's thousands of words have to go into the brain for the brain to constant to store them eventually mm. to then produce them. Yeah.
0: So if I'm doing four languages like this child was, it's going to take longer. So so the, the, the child appears to be slower in he's their... He's not producing. He's yeah. not
1: expressing the languages. He's responding. He he follows the instructions of the languages, but he's not producing the words. Yeah. He's not expressing it because. It's it's like he's got four glasses, big glasses to fill up, and they went off on holiday in the summer. She came back and she said, "Oh, guess what? He's talking." I said, "Yeah, well, I was going to take a wee bit of time, <laughs> but you know, there was nothing wrong with what was happening. It was because he was exposed to to four languages, predominantly three, of course. Yeah, but um, but look at when he's growing up, he'll be fluent in three languages. Yeah, awesome.
0: And and that whole process of learning these languages." obviously translates into other benefits, right? Down well, the we're road. We're in a
1: multicultural world. Yeah. You know?
0: And it, it plays through on, on whole the way br- the brain takes up other things?
1: Yeah. Well of course it's it's increasing. Um yeah, you've got you've got more information, you've got more processing, mm. um language development. Yeah. It's so <laughs> I, I some I have to say though, I, I, I have learnt a bit of Turkish. I've learnt a bit of Chinese. Um I was fluent in Malay. Um, I know some Arabic, and sometimes I'm thinking, what numbers am I? I had to think, and I can count. I, I can count in about six languages. I can count to, to ten in, in Chinese. It's e a song se Wu Liu Qi Pak But there's times when I think, which language am I using for which which numbers? I have to stop and actually say to myself, which one? You know, is it am I? Is this Malay or is that Turkish? Mm. Is that, somebody's not sure, so it's beer e k u t. And then I'm like, oh wait a minute, Wahid which one am I in? So sometimes you do have to stop your brain and change gear. <laughs> Where am I at? But, but it happens fun. so
0: quick, right? It's and it, and it's, 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 you know, you're opening up a different filing cabinet.
1: Yeah. Well, you're creating more connections, aren't you?
0: And I guess yeah. that's our goal, right? If you The more you do this now yeah. and the more the our children are creating these pathways, yeah. yep. then when they're in their 50s and their 60s and yeah. their 70s, yeah. when some of these pathways these start to, to the disconnect, yeah, absolutely. you're already ahead of the game.
1: What's a muscle? You don't right. use it, you lose it. Oh. Man. Where does that leave us? Everybody needs to learn multiple languages <laughs> before the age of twelve. And children need to know their mother tongue.
0: Yeah. And keep mm. it fun.
1: Yeah. It should be fun. And engage. Through play.
0: And don't and don't judge.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it should be fun. Should be be a parent. Absolutely. Not a don't, teacher. don't be a teacher. Yeah. I don't, don't, don't do how the shoe on the shoe, the shoe. <laughs> Man, <laughs> like,
0: it's, I mean, it's, it's and, and like I said, you know, we, we just just bringing back in that summer, I mean, that's so hard to do though. Mm. And and like you said, you you offer some training for yes. parents. It's kind of like Parenting 101 yeah. on how to help them learn better.
1: Yep, absolutely. How to play. And I'm I'm bringing, uh, Meg Forey is a, a, an occupational therapist from South Africa who's written books on baby saints, toddler saints, Uh, feeding sense she's awesome and she came a couple of years ago and did some training with us she deals with babies mostly Mm. and she's developed something called play sense and she's doing uh, yeah so she's she's really she wants to teach people how to play with her how to play with children in 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 nurseries because people don't know how to play with a child It's really important. In We're going to start to use play sense for our for our early intervention program.
0: And this is this is that thing that you said right at the beginning, where you're talking with people and they're saying, "Well, this is the way it was when we grew up. This is what we did." And yeah. but that I don't think our parents had any better idea how to play with kids and how to play with us.
1: No, we all went out and played by ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> pretty
0: much. It's like yeah, get lost, get on your bike and go and go and find some dirt. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. Nowadays they're all sitting with their tablets and oh, stuff, man. but um, yeah, it should they should be out playing. Develop, developing all these physical, and you know what's sad? Um, playgrounds are taking away the roundabouts. I don't understand. Taking that. away the swings. I don't oh, understand. they're all dangerous. That. Yeah. But they were necessary for brain development. Yeah. Because that actual roundabout is developing your vestibular system in your inner ears. You get dizzy. You know when you used to go yeah. roundabout and you were swirling around and you were dizzy. Yeah. That's developing your your vestibular system, which is so. Profound in terms of its uh, overall development of the whole body. Mm. If your vestibular system does not function, you are not functioning because it okay. controls every muscle in your body. You ever had, you know, people with Meniere's disease when it affects the inner ear? Yeah, they can't. They're dizzy. They can't sit up. They feel nauseous. You can't read. You can't drive. You, can, you can't function. Yeah. So you know, if your vestibular system is, is at the base of our development, it's it's how we move against the force of gravity on Earth. It's our gy it's our, our gyroscope in the airplane. Which yeah. way am I up? which way is the letter up, you know, because you've got the letters B, D, P, and Q. It's one symbol in four different positions. That's that's so true. It's one symbol, but it's in four different positions. And if your vestibular system can't work that out, you're going to struggle to read. So it comes back to that system in the inner ear that controls your eyes, controls your mouth. You know, how does it work? And so this is why, you know, when when a child has speech delay, and the, the first thing is... Speech therapist, <laughs> I always say, come and see me. And then by the time I'm finished, it's like they need OT and speech because they need to get that mechanism working mm. for the speech therapist to then develop the language, you
0: know? When, when someone comes to you mm. and, you know, they've, they've got the speech, some, some issues with speech delay, mm. on a, on, you know, and generally speaking, how long, how long before the parents start to notice some change in that child?
1: It varies um, I had a mum yesterday Who told me that the, pa- the family who told her To come and see us Had brought their child to us For therapy And, and they were having Actually verbal behaviour therapy Which is about Functional communication skills mm-hmm. They said within two sessions They saw a change yeah. and, and that can happen You know, but it can also be maybe a lot more sessions. We do we do progress reports every three months. Okay. And of course we're constantly talking to the parents. So we want to know we're making a change. Otherwise we're not doing our job.
0: I mean it's one thing doing things in in you know at the school, at the Mm -hmm. center. It's a whole other thing when the the child then goes home and is applying that. And I guess it it becomes a real holistic approach, right? I mean it's what are they eating, but how are they how are they applying what they did in their environment and if the environment back home is is not conducive to what's being...
1: Yeah, well, that's why I tell the parents, you need to come in and do some parent training. <laughs> so we will show you what we're doing here, and you have we welcome you to come into the therapy sessions. We plan them. Come in, and we will show you what you're doing, and we want you to do that at home. Hmm. Because it's the brain needs repetition.
0: So the parents that are all in, you must th- those must be the ones that you, you really notice after they, a while.
1: Parents who are invested in their children see results. Hmm. They, they see the change. They see the results. I think I think the worst parent I ever had was an Australian, years ago, and he was a psychologist. Oh, no. I think he would have known better. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, no, she's now' paying you <laughs> to do the therapy. Just you do what you do when he comes and says, no, no, you need to do stuff when he comes home. No, no, no. Just you do what you're doing here, and of course the child, his progress was slow. Yeah. And, and I say to parents all the time when they're in my consults, I said, we're a team. You need to do at home what we do here, and yeah. we need we need to teach you how to do that.
0: And th- it, that's so much part of our life. Right. I, and I keep, I, I'm not, I mean, I'm an educator, so I don't want to diseducation but it's, you go and get educated from someone, you go and get uh, physical training from someone, you go and get counseling from someone, you go and get it's in, and, yeah. and it's sort of like, Hey, I'm hands off. I, I have contracted you to do this for me. That's your specialty. I don't have to do it. But, and that's such a wrong way to think about
1: things. Mm, it's all compartmentalized. Yeah. As soon as, as you of.
0: compartmentalize, pff, you're done.
1: And you know, it's funny during lockdown, we on a six months turned around and started therapy platform, and I was I was the first who was like, "What therapy <laughs> online with kids? Are you serious?" I mean, Khalid had come into Karn and I saying, "I'm going to put the word technology in our mission and vision," and we were like, "No, no, no! This is child, this is child development. We we don't do technology." And then a few months later, lockdown, and he looked at us technology guys, <laughs> and then it was like online. How, I said, "Don't be ridiculous! How can we do online with children's therapy?" Well, I did the training course with the Americans, and I was blown away. I was just like, wow, this is actually awesome. Why is it awesome? Because you basically have a consultant come into your house on the computer, and the parent becomes the Uh co-therapist, and the child's in their own environment. You don't have to get in a car. don't drive anywhere. We literally come in on the computer. The chi- the Mexican parents who don't want to do it say, no, my child can't sit at a computer. You child ain't going to be sitting at a computer. <laughs> you are going to be the therapist and we're going to guide you. We're going to s- help you set up your playroom as to how it can help them with the child's development. And we're going to advise you. We're going to teach, we're going to, Transfer our skills to you to play with your Child to help them develop because that's What we do we yeah. play with children to develop Them so we're passing that on knowledge on to the parent mm-hmm. Can you see how that is a double Value the child's yeah. getting therapy but the Parent's getting training hands on And you know we've got parents Who really absorb that but there's other parents Who are like oh no we'll yeah. just bring them to you
0: and you know. So that's parents who just—they they don't belong in, in in this kind of an approach. Then. Yeah. I mean, they're they're just going to you know perpetuate sure. the, the issue. And
1: so the theatre platform has turned out to be—I think it's it's amazing. And I mean, imagine you've got someone living up in Russell Key, they don't want to drive all the way here.
0: Well, and, and the, you know the, the 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 nugget in what you just said that just kind of a spark went off is that if you can do this this training this therapy mm. in where the child lives cuz that's where they're going to go back to they come to you for a few hours and then and you
1: can use it every day yeah. yeah can you see the parent can be work, playing with the child every, every day
0: in that environment yes and, and then
1: they're starting to see what it, why am i doing this yeah it's not it's like you know you feed the man yeah. a fish for a day but you teach him to fish you can feed him for so he starts to understand how we're developing the child's body and brain through play mm-hmm. yeah and he's we've transferred that skill to him that he can then be using it every day yeah, and that child will then grow and and, and you know one of my uh, one of our most experienced therapists, Sally, she's been working with me for the last twenty years, I think, and uh, she was saying she has to do more preparation. But what she sees is the activities are more relevant to the child because they're right. in their own home.
0: There we go, relevance.
1: You know, and and it makes more sense. Yeah, you know, okay,
0: in the comfort level, like they they just are more comfortable. It's just there's yeah. there's that whole psyche thing going on where it's just.
1: You don't have to get in a car, you don't yeah. have to drive.
0: Sit in sitting in traffic and then hearing parents and drive. Talk back and and, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then the parents sits in the waiting room, the child the therapy. I'm not I'm not saying that doesn't work, of course it does. Yeah. And some children like there was parents who said, No, no, she likes to come and use all the swings in the therapy room. But you know, for the over the years I've got parents who were like, Sheena, my front room's starting to look like a therapy room. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> Hey, it's not
0: such a bad thing to have some swings and a few trampolines <laughs> set up around <laughs> and you know.
1: <laughs> there was an American mom um, Lisa, she um I, I gave her all the advice You know Things like About have the children Could jump on the bench To have them bounce And crash And do all this stuff yeah. And her parents Came from American Hall and were like oh, The children are bouncing On the bench The therapist told me They could <laughs> <laughs> So I got blamed For a lot of things yeah, But but yeah So it's that movement It's understanding And it's like I always tell the story About Russia She had two boys She came And she says You know I had to lock The laundry door I said Why she said, "Because they were climbing on the washing machine and jumping on the on. <laughs> Open the door. Kids, kids will communicate what they need. Yeah. There, there was something I can't remember the, I can't remember the example. But the other day I was saying to parents, "Your child will will educate you. Watch him, watch what he does, and understand that that's what he needs." You know, let's, oh, I know what it was. I said to them, it was this father who kept putting his head in his hands, uh, you know, because I said, your child needs to bang and crash. He was like, what? I said, he needs to jump <laughs> and land and crash on things. And the mother's going, he does. And then the parents looked at each other and I thought, yep, I know right. he's been doing it. And they're trying to stop him. Right. So he's been bouncing off the sofa. He's been putting cushions on the floor, jumping on the sofa, jumping on the cushions, and they're like, "Oh my grief, we've got a child who's terrible." No, no, guys, he's he's helping himself. Yeah. He's telling you he needs that. Yeah. So let him. Or, or finally, she's mom says, "But it's not safe." I said, "Right, create a safe environment. Yeah, get create, some
0: padding on, get, get some mats and down. You, you and can and
1: even get look at look around your house for something like there's a chair. See that you've got a bar stool sitting yeah. there. Use that bar stool. The kid, the child, can crawl up. Get his way up that bar stool because that's good planning skills, movement planning. How do I get up that bar stool, and then surround it by cushions or mats or bean bags and have him jump. It's that simple. Yeah. And the child will have great fun, (laughs) you know. And the and the parents were like, okay. So there's a a light goes on in their head of oh. And I said, yeah, watch your child. Watch what he doesn't like. Watch what he likes. Yeah. You know, he's telling you, he's, he's pro- communicating to you through his out. actions. Yeah. yeah. because that's how we as therapists assess kids. We watch them. What's he avoiding in the therapy room? Yeah. What does he gravitate to in the therapy? You see the kids who roll in, see the swing and meow, straight onto the swing. you got other kids who walk in and there's no way I'm going near that swing because I ain't taking my feet off the ground. Yeah. Or I had a child who ran in, looked for the rice pit and straight into the rice pit. But what was interesting about him is look close. That's a rice
0: pit. It oh, literally?
1: It's It's instead of sand. We put okay. rice. It's easier to manage. Like actual rice? Yeah, yeah. We like fill it up. The best thing is kidney beans. They're, okay. they're <laughs> awesome to work with, you know. They feel so... You can lie in them. I had a therapist who... She made a, a bath, a wooden bath, yeah. with kidney beans. And her husband used to love to lie in it. Okay. It was calming. And, you know, they just lie in the, in the red kidney beans. Okay. Awesome. Um, now, the kid ran in, into the rice pit. But what was interesting is he had his shoes on. Yeah. And, he, and we had... A, it's one of these big... Green turtles with a yeah. sand pit, so we filled it with yeah. rice. Yeah, so he ran in there and he put his feet up on each side, and he got the, the, the shovel and the thing, and he never touched the rice. Oh, he had his feet up on the side. Yeah, he was using tools. He never came in contact with the rice because he couldn't stand the touch, but he wanted to play with it.
0: Ah, so he liked the he liked the. So this play. is how you
1: got to observe what they're doing. And what so, what does that do? tell us
0: about the not liking the feel of the rice, the tactile,
1: tactile sensitive, because mm. they can't feel it. They Can't feel it, therefore, their autonomic nervous system goes into fight or flight.
0: Can, can we teach someone to feel it? Can we help? No, you it? develop it. You develop. You develop, so develop we, can it. we
1: do it through therapy. So, the banging, the crashing, you see, this is where the senses integrate. So, if the proprioceptors, you develop the proprioceptors, it will calm the protective mechanism of the skin, and then the child will then allow you to work directly on the skin. So, you yeah. then give them lots of tactile activities, shaving foam, draw yeah. on a mirror, you know, stuff like this, and playing with like. Play doh food is good and especially for small children if they stick it in their mouth it's yeah. edible. It's fine. You can make edible play dough mm. You know. So you just gotta, you know, obviously grade it towards whatever the age yeah. of the child and look at the safety factors. But it's about developing the skin and, and the tactile. And we do we do a, a deep pressure programme. Everybody calls it brushing. because we use a surgical brush Uh because it's got the bristles it's got thousands of bristles but it's pressure you're applying pressure to the skin so deep pressure and we do joint compression so you're working on the tactile proprioceptors to give the child's brain an awareness of where their body is and how to feel it Patricia Wilberger developed it but it's called the Wilberger Deep Pressure Protocol, mm. but everybody calls it brushing Doesn't <laughs> use a scrub brush Just <laughs> so give up, it's a brushing <laughs> But it's deep, deep pressure if, you, if it's taught the right way A lot of children love it, some children can't tolerate You touching them because they're not ready yet So you would work on their vestibular proprioceptive system So mm-hmm. I had a young boy who He actually couldn't feel So anybody coming near him was like Ooh, Are they going to harm me? Because yeah. you know, he can't feel it So I needed to work on all his movement And his deep pressure And eventually he would allow me to work directly on his skin, but when I did, I realized he actually couldn 't feel i, I 'm curious and his visual perception was very poor, so when I developed his visual percep- when I developed the the tactile system through the skin, yeah. his visual perception improved in like five years of development
0: wow well and that 's exactly the question I wanted to go to is is looking back now you must occasionally well probably not, but maybe meet some of the people that you've worked with you i mean you've been at this for 30 years
1: 20, well 20 in this country 20
0: in this country and then another 10 outside so I, no. I, you must at you know at least one person 20 years on you must have mm-hmm. come, come across and
1: i've got three of them well i've got three special special ones yeah. um you know a young girl she actually has a down syndrome but she achieved her potential. She's she represents the United Arab Emirates, the United Nations. She's oh a black man. belt in karate. Man. Um, she's awesome. And that was her mother. Her mm. mother was the driving force. Okay, definitely. Behind their, their mothers were the driving force behind yeah. this. <laughs> and there's another young lad. He's he's uh, I saw him when he was six. Uh-huh. He's now twenty six. He he's been to visit me, and um, we talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> he's done his military service. He's at university. Uh-huh. Um, so he's he's passed his driving test. Yeah. And awesome family, um, really, they break my heart, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. but yeah, he's great. And uh, another boy, he's, um came to me when he was 10, in a great school in Dubai, a very good school in Dubai, but he was told by the P teachers he'd never play sport, mm. he couldn't, write. He couldn't, okay. couldn't so write, his IQ was 141, mm. but he couldn't actually write, okay. and it, it was language planning, because he was motor planning, because yeah. he was clumsy, uncoordinated. And the teachers, PE teachers told his mother he'll never play sport. Uh-huh. His mother sent me a video of him last year. He plays for the United Arab Emirates. <gasps> and they beat Thailand and Guam and in an in-division. Awesome. And he went to university. Wow. And, um, but he had real issues with self-esteem mm. because he felt, what's wrong with me? Yeah. He's actually on my website. If you look at the blog, we've changed the names, obviously he's got a, he actually wrote some of the blog to say like when he came to me he couldn't ride a swing yeah. and couldn't do stuff and they were they didn't think was like, why is he quirky why can't he do these things and of yeah. course they went and saw a psychologist who did his uh, cognitive assessment said he's very high IQ but he ha- he needs occupational therapy mm. and um his mother had just arrived in Dubai <laughs> and was like she'd come from UK came come to Dubai and she was like, "Where am I going to find an occupational service?" Because we were a bit thin on the ground twenty years ago." Yeah, yeah for sure. And as it happened, her neighbour had just come from Brunei. <laughs> there you go. And she says, "Well, <laughs> I actually, know someone." <laughs> there's a lady just on her way here from Brunei. So, so yeah, that was twenty years ago. So he went to school, university, got a, got a job as a, you know, as a manager. Yeah, um, put it all into and, practice. Any and place. But if you look on the website, he's, he's got, he wrote it because his mum said, do you want to write some for Sheen's website? And I'm oh yeah, sure. And he says, yeah, I developed all these things and you know, I'm now able to do all these different things, but I will not be going for a manicure and pedigree. <laughs>
0: <laughs> WilsonCenter.ae is how you find that all. Oh man, she you know what? I I've, this has been just such a wonderful conversation. We we covered a lot of ground. We really did. I we, think we
1: went off topic. Hey, that's
0: okay. <laughs> off topic is good. I mean, it's just I, I love the feel good in the end. You know, and and sort of I I would I would imagine there's a, a lot of you know kids who've come through that you, you never hear from again, and you know they've done what they do, and I think it, it's right. got to be nice to yeah. to have some of those success stories.
1: Yeah, you get a, you get messages from parents saying, oh, there was there's a girl in Switzerland, and she's on a video. Oh. I, she used to be in our school, and um, she had this. I mean, you would diagnose her; she couldn't read, dyslexia. And you know, she was always um, with the boys because mm. you know there are four boys to one girl, and our okay. school showed that there was eight, you know eighty percent boys, twenty percent, and she just always happened to be with the boys. There was never girls in her year group. And um, our family are from Switzerland, and uh, the mum was like, "Oh, we're going back to the no no school would take her because yeah. she couldn't read." So she was with us for I think a couple of years. And uh, she went back to, I'm getting goosebumps, she went back to Switzerland and um, her mum was like, oh my grief, how am I going to get her into a school? She's been doing English, she's not yeah. been doing high German or Swiss. Well, they managed to get a, a mainstream school, accepted her. She was so excited, she spent the weekend in her uniform. <laughs> like, bless her, I mean, really, for children to feel that they were yeah. excluded, from school It's Whew. so heartbreaking You know And I saw her mum Sent us a video She's now in a catering college Wow And she did a video About the catering college oh. Brilliant
0: oh, Bringing tears to my eyes And I didn't even know that,
1: <laughs> <laughs> ah. that Wow awesome. that, what, a, what a great conversation so it kind of makes Your job worthwhile
0: Yeah absolutely Sheena, this has been a lot of fun. We're both in tears. (laughs) Sheena Wilson from the wilsoncenter.ae joining us. We're talking occupational therapy. We're talking language. I think we're going to have to have another conversation. It's as clear as that. You want to find out more about us, potaholics with a K at gmail.com. Drop us a line at com, And of course, across all the socials, same way, music by Arches Audio. We're coming to you from the Rove Hotel downtown, the podcast studio. We'll do it all again real soon. Thanks for listening. I'm